Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the keys to discover real connections and one-of-a-kind experiences. It all starts with expert itineraries where everything is taken care of. With Trafalgar, your money goes further, and so do you. Unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, it's your big dog, Sante, Mr. Pick Six Samuel, with my co-host, my dog, Mr. Elton, E.P. The Truth Patterson. <coughs> We're in the building. It's Monday. You know we're here. Like we said, we're going to be here. We're here to give you all the real truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me. You know what I mean? I ain't going to say the end of that. You know what I mean? So help me. You know what I mean? <laughs> some of it, some of it may not be all the way true, but we're going to try to give it the, the straight upness. That's what we're talking about. We're going to you know stay true. I mean? We're going to give be you our up. best opinionated opinion of everything and every situation we can. But we like to deal with facts in our opinion. Right. You know what I mean? So it's going to always be some type of facts and and uh, you know, that's why they call it debate. So everybody right. debate and get in and um let's see how it our goes. Truth. You know what I mean? Our, you can call it our truth. That's supported by facts. <laughs> what what you call it? Our truth? Our, our our truth that's supported by facts. That's oh, what we got. There we go. Our truth supported by facts. You know what I mean? Right. And we're gonna give y'all that truth. So uh yeah, man, let's get in. We got the Super Bowl coming up. We're excited. You know, I don't know who y'all got, but we're going to talk about that later in another episode. You know, we're going to touch in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. Everybody's arriving. Y'all ain't see Adam Schefter messed up. He was talking about the commanders made it to the Super Bowl. Oh, man, that was funny. You know, but he edited it real quick. But Twitter, the, Twitter people, boy, they don't play. The screenshot of that thing so fast, man, it's going viral. And they had fun. You know, anytime ESPN, that big platform, anytime, anytime they do something crazy, boy, you know, they, they give them hell. I don't know if you caught that one, EP. I didn't catch it, but like you say, Twitter catches every. The moment you press send, it's gonna get a screenshot. It, they catches it quick. It, it's nothing you could do about it. They gonna it's, it's out there. Man, everybody making mistakes. But shout out to Adam Sheffer, man, for that mistake and catching it real quick. Commanders not in the Super Bowl, nowhere near, not even close. Yes, they would hope they would be in the Super Bowl, but they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. But let's get right. into it, man. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. And Cam Newton, they don't stop, man. Cam Newton won't stop, man. What, what, what's going on? Talk to me, man. Let me throw you know your thoughts before we we gonna end up closing this uh, Cam Newton Brock Purdy whole situation out. Last time we're gonna talk about it is after the Super Bowl. We got to talk about it because it's the topic of the discussion. And Brock Purdy's in the Super Bowl. Um, right. Give me your thoughts, man. What's going on with this? Uh, 
Man, with this whole Cam thing, it's weird because the way I see it is like he had a statement. He early on in the season, uh, almost towards the later part of the season, he had his first statement saying he was a game manager. I don't know who came up with the tap topic, but maybe he was just trying to elaborate the difference between being great and a game manager just to get people caught up. Right, right. now today, it's almost like he's on a slippery slope. Right, and I know you're going to tell your position on Brock Purdy probably before the season even started, but he's on a slippery slope because he's keep not retracting or re like trying to go back on the statement. That he's keeps, right, like on a slippery slope. He got a mean pick six backpedal going on, boy. <laughs> it, he's trying to clarify. I'm going to clarify. This is what I meant this. This is what I meant this. And it's like, it's not a lot of things you can say about a quarterback who's playing in the Super Bowl. That's developing. Now, is there's not a lot of things you can say. And coming from his perspective, I think, too, it's all about bandwagons. At first, right. he had some people agreeing because it was unknown. That and bandwagon like, strong, boy. Right. They start jumping off his a little bit, right? Because, like, well, he's winning in the playoffs. Now a little bit more people jumped off. It's like, well, he's in the Super Bowl. So he's yeah. making himself look like, I'm going to stick to it, though. My name Cam I'm, Newton, I'm and I play, and I'm going to stick beside what I'm, I'm standing on business. I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's, just imagine. Just, I want y'all to to, to, to uh, feel me and, and put yourself in Cam Newton's shoes. Talking about the audience, the chat, whoever listened to it in the radios and the iPads, iPads or whatever, you know, podcasts or whatever. You know, just imagine you, Cam Newton. You sitting back trying to think of some creative content, and your best shot is to try and justify why Brock Purdy is so successful. Cam's justification really doesn't make any sense at all to me. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I don't understand how this is the whole thing. I guess because it's Cam Newton, he got a lot of followers, and he was a quarterback. A quarter, a quarterback leading his team to the Super Bowl, like you said, EP the truth, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, this is this is beginning to sound like hate, straight haterade, right. and don't be that guy that falls victim to haterade potion. Y'all know what that haterade potion is? That's drinking that haterade, man. Every playoff game, Purdy won. Cam Newton tried his best to discredit Purdy, man. And if that ain't sneak hating, then what is? Y'all see that sneak hating? Just like that. Cam just created a new phrase, sneak hating, man. This man is sneak hating. That's what this Cam Newton is doing right now. He is hating on a winner. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. And if y'all ain't here, the legend himself, Joe Montana, said it best. He said it best. The legend himself, this is what he said, and I quote, I learned early in my career in the offense, it's not about me. It's about getting the ball to the people who knew what to do with the ball because I'm just a mailman. The football doesn't belong to me. I want to get the ball to somebody who knows how to run and knows how to catch. That's all. This is exactly. But for Cam's perspective, Cam is clearly showing he is an eye guy. And you can be, and you can't be elite unless you're running the ball like he did. That's basically what he's saying. And as a quarterback, if you can't throw and run the offense the way it's designed, to run, you won't have much success. You may have a little success, but not to the point where you reach greatness. So, I mean, this, this is crazy, but it, I, I just don't understand how this is just a thing. You know what I mean? And on another point that Cam Newton tried to, like you say, he keep backpedaling and trying to clarify, 
let me be clear. Let me be, let me clear this up for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is not the tenth best player on the team. He may be the tenth best athlete on the team, but the best player on teams uh, varies. Team, I mean, player by player, year by year, based on production. And that's why I think everybody getting twisted and you jumping on the bandwagon. He don't even understand this because people don't understand. You may be the best athlete on the team, but the best player is the one that produces the most on the team. And by my count, the way I look at it, Brock Purdy is the top two, top three players on the team, probably behind Christian McCaffrey or who's leading the NFL with a 1,460 yards, 69 yards rushing and 564 yards receiving. He's second in receiving yards as a running back. But Brock Purdy is top five quarter in passing yards. You know what I mean? And then you got Brandon Ayuk. He's uh, like top seven in receiving yards. So we got to cut this out. The man is, yeah. is, is do his credit. You know what I mean? He is the top three player on the team, not the 10th, not in the you trying to say he's the 10th best player on the team. Man, that is crazy, man. Right. But I, I, I ain't finished. That's, I ain't finished. No. Because I want to get a little personal. Now let's get a little personal because that's what it seemed like Cam is doing to me. He, he tried to say everybody want to take personal shots and all this stuff and this and that. Now let's get a little personal. Cam best season, how everybody seen it, was his MVP season, 2015. He threw for 3,800 yards with 35 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Pretty good. And he also rushed for 636 yards, right? That's what made him, I guess, so dynamic is he, him maybe able to run the ball. But the most impressive thing in that season was he led his team to a 15-1 and record, and they went to the Super Bowl, which they eventually lost to the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. So that was his best season. And he even threw for, uh, over, over 4,000 yards. And he threw for 4,000 yards once his rookie season. That was it. Not again. Not ever again. Only one time he threw for over 4,000 yards. So like I said, you can run the ball as much as you want, but a quarterback is designed to throw the ball and get the ball to his playmakers. So Cam Newton's justification, is, is it seems like it's surrounded by him because he's an eye guy. And the question, I think the question is, would Cam Newton take the 49ers to the Super Bowl in his prime? And probably not. You know why? Because mm -hmm. Cam, Cam is not about to get the ball to the playmakers. He needs to be Superman. He ain't going to see them weapons in front of him. He's going to be like, hey, I see you wide open, Debo. Nope. Let me go this way. I got time for me to be Superman because this ain't going to look right. If I throw you the ball and my accuracy ain't as good as it, as it needs to be and I don't hit, complete that pass, now y'all going to start looking at me crazy. So you know what? Debo, I see you open, but I'm going to roll out and roll this way. I'm going to make him miss. I'm going to make him miss. Then I'm going to throw the ball. Now it looks good. Now it looks like mm -hmm. I'm elite. Now it looks like I'm a great, I'm a game breaker, baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's all this about, man. We need to lay this to rest, man. And yeah, Cam Newton, you're wrong. Brock Purdy is not the 10th best player on the team to the 2023 season. You're absolutely wrong. He is the top three player on this team, if not one or two. You understand what I'm saying? Like I said, right. top five in passing. And he, is lead, he has led his team to the Super Bowl. Every team, every quarterback got playmakers and players around him. So I, I put this right. junk to rest, man. How are you going to finish that? What you need to say, my brother? <laughs> no, yeah, I got I you. Respond I got if you. If, 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 if you got some guts. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> respond right to me because I'm responding right to you. Because And like you say, it's a debate. But make it make right. sense. 
He is not the 10th best player on the team. Like I said, Cam Newton. Now, now make me understand that because it's about production. Maybe the 10th best athlete. Ah, think about that. You know what <laughs> nah, I mean? Think I, think, I, think you, I think you're making a great point, and you're making people think outside of the box when he says that. It is similar to what he said earlier between the game managers and game breakers. And I think if you go back, we got receipts. If you go back, and what, one of the things I said back then was maybe he's associating game breakers with athleticism to be able to get the ball and do something but that doesn't then you like you that's how we came up with brady because you're going to take him he's not athletic everybody know that but he's right so that's what he had to backtrack and another thing that's what i'm saying you understand when i called him out about that brady situation you see he ain't never said nothing else about brady so now he's stuck he's boxed in he's boxed into to everybody he think is a game breaker some people that use their legs and he's totally wrong he's totally wrong you don't just need your legs to be a game breaker and that's like I said, he sees Debo open. Nope, I ain't throwing it to you because I ain't that accurate. And if I, I miss the ball and, and I don't throw you throw the ball correctly, they're going to get on me. So let me uh, run around and so I can uh, do my yeah, Superman yeah. and look like it's all about me, baby. Joe Montana, you better go listen. I know your, your days <laughs> is over. Hey, but all the quarterbacks that look up to Cam Newton and things like that, all right, yeah. You can look up to whoever you want to, but listen to the legendary Joe Montana. He said he learned early how to run the offense, get the ball to his playmakers. He's just a mailman. The quarterback right. is just a mailman. He don't he don't want the ball in his hands. You know what I mean? Right. And and, uh, and like you say, is 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 more so athletic. I can feel Cam coming from an athletic standpoint of view. Nobody's arguing with him. I, and I'm a fan of Cam when he played, and I like. He was entertaining. Like you say, that Superman. Oh, yeah. that was, it was entertaining. Dab. It the is dab. entertaining. You remember when the dad was in there? Like, it, yeah. was, it was entertaining. <laughs> it was cool. Like, everybody had it ah, like that. It was fun. It was cool. wonderful. It was but, it definitely, uh, he was motivation and he inspired the youth and, and you know, all that good right. stuff. You understand? So, I'm going to give him that. But what I'm also going to say is, because it's EP the truth, is don't take away from others just because they're not like that. And to say that Brock Purdy, I'm, it's like when I heard Haterade, it's uh, Haterade. That's what it is. When you are uh, talking about him, you use, use the phrase Haterade in there. Go ahead, AP. Haterade. <laughs> I just I just saw my, if you could have saw me reading or watching it when he said it, I was just like, dog, 10th best player on the roster. And I'm coming from a, bring me, I'm bring me over to the business side. You know, I'm a sports agent. This is right. what I do for a living. It's no way you can say he the tenth best player in the roster. And if I was Brock Purdy and I was going in, and this was his free agent year, right? If everybody's free agents, business wise, you're gonna mm-hmm. tell me they would pay Brock Purdy tenth? You gotta tell. I would go in exactly. there like, I would go in there and say he needs fifty million dollars a year right now. Nobody will argue with me. And you don't mm-hmm. pay somebody that's tenth on the roster, zunt fifty million dollars a year. It just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So he can't support that saying that he's the 10th. Who's in front of him? All right, after McCaffrey, <laughs> after IU, supposedly, after right. Debo, who you put right. in? You might put a, you're going to put a linebacker in front of him. He got more place value on the team. You're going to put a safety in front of him. What you going to do? You're going to put an old lineman in front? Now, Trent Williams, all right. So let, but it's no way you're talking he's number 10. Like, I think he was just, just I don't know what was going on on his podcast that day. I don't know if he was distressed or, you know, you kind of say erratic things when you're back against the wall, my brother, and you're on that slippery slope. You get, hey, you know what it is? Let me, let me give this example to you. You know, you're, on a, you're falling down a hill yeah. and you're, you're trying to catch, and you catch a branch and you just reach up and catch 
that yeah. branch that that he's the tenth best player was a branch catcher. <laughs> <laughs> he just do something out there. It's like it's nowhere you can say uh, a bridge connector. <laughs> a bridge connector. He's the tenth best player. You know what I mean? Like I said, like you said, he, like you said, he's sitting back on his couch trying to uh, think of this creative content, and he's sitting back and say, you know what? That's a good one. He's the tenth best player on his team. Yep, let me say that tomorrow. There's no credibility. Right. Just because he's Cam Newton, he think he's right. No, and I'm going to repeat, and I'm going to say it again. Brock Purdy is not the 10th best player on the team. He is one, two, or three. Only yeah. probably one he's probably behind is Christian McCaffrey. So like right. I said, Cam Newton, you need to stop this foolishness. Give this man his credit. And it's like, like I say, the business model. Use the seventh-round pick. If you're a top-five pick, top-ten pick, this stuff is not even a question. You understand what I'm saying? It's not even really a question. But you missed the irrelevant. You're not supposed to be there. And now it's, it leaves you wide open for people to take shots on you. Man, that's some, some bull crap, man. Give, I've been supporting Brock Purdy from the beginning. So y'all call me out if y'all see me changing up. But I'm all about accountability. And I knew from the beginning that it was all about winning for quarterbacks. Point blank, period, man. That's, that's what it is. Point blank, period. You understand what I'm saying? No, nobody on their team. You can ask the 49ers and nobody would say he's the 10th best player. On their own team, nobody would agree with that. And they'd yeah. be like, Purdy? No, nah, Purdy. But no, nah, they keep it real. You know, some of them say top five. Some of them say he the best. Nobody would put him on their whole roster would say he's the 10th best player. He, might, team. he might can't run the fastest. He might don't jump the highest. He might can't bound the, the farthest. He might can't right. do the shuttle drill the quickest. Mike can't do the air drill, but his job is to lead his team, make the plays that the offense is designed to make, and get them to where they're at. The Super Bowl. Right. Super can Cam Newton do that? I don't know. You did it one time, and um, it came up short. The Denver Bronco. Leave a man alone. Stop taking shots. Stop. Get rid of, get rid of the hater raid potion because that's all it is. And I know you're going to continue. If this man go win the Super Bowl, it's going to be eating you up inside. You're going to be eating you up. You're going to be like, ah, let me think of something to say. Ah. <laughs> That's what's gonna be going on, you know what I mean? So you gotta yes. get, get, get it out your heart, man. Get it out your heart, man. That's what it is. Right. But moving on, man. Let's get to these Dallas Cowboys. The freaking Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's it's like the Cowboys will never change. And you know, I'm convinced. I'm I'm convinced the Dallas Cowboys, Bill, Bill Belichick is the man to take over the Dallas Cowboys organization, period. Because change is needed in that culture. Everyone needs to get on one accord. And if you can't tell already, the, it's, the Super Bowl is, has not even came. The season not even fully over. And now the Dallas Cowboys continues to bring attention to themselves. Like no one has no media, media training within the facilities. They don't understand how to conduct themselves. They don't understand that we're one accord, one a team. And it's one person, one of the mm -hmm. biggest players, Michael Parsons. Michael right. Parsons can't can't shut his mouth for nothing. He can't just be in the offseason, enjoy offseason, and, and enjoy the fruits of his labor, you know what I mean, from, from the season. Right. He's out here taking shots at his teammates. Now he's uh, 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 he took shots at, at David. Uh, I don't want to mess up his last name. Njoku. Uh, David Njoku. Njoku, right? Yep. And like I say, it's easy to see this team – lacks leadership. They have all the talent in the world that is needed, but with no leadership or accountability, talent is just talent. And Michael Parson continues to act like his shit just don't stink. Right. You know what I mean? He's adding his team and his, his, his name to the number one target. 
walking around. He's walk, he's a walking bullseye, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say things will never change in Dallas Cowboys organization until the leadership from the top of the food chain is replaced. You know what I mean? And he acting like he tells, I think they had uh, David and uh, Michael Parsons. They was doing some NFL, uh, NFL Madden challenge or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, Michael Parsons taking a shot. He says, oh, yeah, I think David did pretty good. But, you know, Cleveland is just Cleveland. And David wasn't having that. He like, what, what you talking about? You know what I mean? And then before that, Michael Parsons taking shots. He probably didn't see it as shots, but you're telling Dallas didn't provide the team with the players they needed to be successful. And it's like, you what are you players. doing? We, we touched on this. What did you do when the time, right. when, it, when it was important, when the pressure was on, when the game was on the line, when y'all was getting whooped 21 to zip in the first half? You understand what I'm saying? You got to right. come into the season, the offseason, humble, one game at a time. One player at a time. And that's the, the, the situation. You're going to see the Dallas Cowboys going to come in the next season talking about the Super Bowl. We win in the Super Bowl. And that's the problem. They need leadership. And I think Bill Belichick can be the person that can really change that dynamic and that culture of that team, along with some, you know, someone to, 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 to watch over him and have over Belichick head to make sure he doesn't make and do any crazy personnel decisions and stuff like that. But I think Bill Belichick can do it man and um, i see i know jerry jones has it in the back of his mind man don't 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 study too long don't study long you study wrong make that decision the season is coming up man and um i think that's i think that'd be a good move man i think that'd be that, a good move that, that's funny you say this because people think they just swear up and down that you hate bill belichick but no you accept them you just say don't over talk bill belichick but you accept right. him for what he is and you're looking at the dallas cowboys which is basically lack of better terms they're a bunch of prima donnas over there every like a bunch of divas and like right. they're just not tough you know they're not tough on the o-line d-line they saying little slick stuff they talking stuff they're taking it out to the pro bowl when they had him and um in joku sitting mm -hmm. there and he thinking he whatever he talk about in the locker room he feel like he could talk about it in front of this dude the dude like nah bro Cleveland, bro, mm -hmm. we would have beat y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? They talking trash back and forth. And it's mainly because they lack discipline. And that's why you're saying Bill Belichick in the Cowboys is exactly what they need because you eliminate all of that. Bro, we just need to play football. They main right. thing next year is less win. They need to focus on winning preseason. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what right. I'm saying. Let's, the homeboy in, homeboy in the chat, he's like, he's sick of Michael Parsons already. It's like, man, get these players off podcast. And that's probably the first thing Belichick going to tell him to do. And he's going to tell him in a way that it's, it, it, it won't get the organization in trouble. And, hey, man, all you talking on your podcast, talking about, stay off the damn podcast. I don't want to hear shit on your podcast. And guess what? If you don't listen or abide by the rules other things will happen and transpire. And if he see that you can't fit on one accord or, 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 or do what is told and, and, and how this organization needs to be ran, you're going to be gone. So that's why I think Belichick is just like, what is this guy? He's caught up in, in the media instead of playing football. You caught up in being a media personality. You want to, I, you may be aspiring to be a broadcaster or a commentator and stuff like that, but brother, you should just be talking about your play and, and the Dallas Cowboys play, and, and that's it. Maybe just the defense and the defensive line. That's it. You just keep it there. And matter of fact, keep it with, within yourself and the teammates. 
But Dallas Cowboys, bring in Bell Belichick, man, because everyone want to see Dallas Cowboys do good, including myself. And I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I'm just sick of it not succeeding. And everybody, I'm I'm tired of seeing Michael Irvin the, the sweat and 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 his half fall and the grease and, and the black dye and all that stuff. I'm tired of seeing everybody about to pass out because of these Dallas Cowboys, man. So let's right. get uh Bill Belichick in there, man. They get everybody on one accord. Get Michael Parsons to get off that goddamn podcast. Michael Parsons, get off that goddamn podcast, boy. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, focus, like you say, and focus on one game at a time in the preseason. Right. You know what I mean? They're gonna right. start with the preseason. Don't come in there talking about y'all going got the Super Bowl this year, you know, and things will right. be a little better, man. Yeah, and, and, and when you look at the history, you look at the history of the Cowboys, because like I said, I wanted to see the Cowboys in the playoffs. It's America's team, right? Supposedly. But when you look at the history of Parsons on the podcast. He went. He was going back and forth with Skip Bayless. I think last year when he was supposed to come in on every Tuesday, he they say, you know, he now he went on there. I ain't want right. to do y'all show anyways. You just like, come on, bro. Why are you I, even talking? I understand you young, but that was like kitty stuff. You made an agreement. You 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 agreed to come, and now you you want to take shots at him because he's criticizing the Cowboys, who you think is all of that, and y'all ain't doing so good. You want to criticize him. He want to criticize you. And you want to say. He's just mad because you didn't come on the show. Yeah, of course he's mad you didn't come on the show. You agree. But second of all, you ain't y'all wasn't doing nothing. So yeah, y'all deserve to be criticized. But man, they need to be on one accord over there. And Jerry Jones, I don't know if he loves or he used to, you know, the flashy Deion Sanders and you know the Emmett Smiths and uh, Michael Irvin and things like that. But that ain't what it is for your team right now. You got to have a serious leadership. And I don't know if anybody can point out the leader on that team right now. Who is the leader? Who is the person that's going to say something that everybody listens to, that everybody respects? I don't see nobody. And for me, it should be Dak Prescott. But you can see he got no respect from nowhere. And he don't even demand his respect. Like I said, I done talked about men demanding their respect a long time ago in Russell Wilson. And that's what it seems like over there um, from from um, training camp when they was, you know, he threw intercepts, he called him, you know, they're talking. It was play play, you know, but the way the tone and the things they said and the context and stuff like that, that didn't right. give me the leader and everybody respect you as the leader of this team. Because, like I said, might be spoiled because I was raised around Tom Brady and I saw things a little different. But bring Bill Belichick in there and y'all will have a way better chance of being successful. I know at least everybody will be one on one accord. You know what I mean? And, hey, yeah. Well, let's say that let's, we, we, we can say this then. It's fair to say, even though the Dallas Cowboys is a multi-billion dollar organization, you, we right now on this podcast probably had a solution for all Dallas Cowboys fans right there. I know it sounds no way that y'all know what y'all talking about in regards to a whole franchise being successful. Mm -hmm. Do what we say right now. Yes. <laughs> How Spread, you the, message. Spread <laughs> the message to the front office, the general <laughs> managers. Like, listen, we, hey, we not on this thing just trying to create content. We say what, what we think is real, the truth, and say what needs to be said with facts behind it. Like I said, I come from Bill Belichick. I know what he can, what he's going to do. I know the crazy stuff. That's why I said you got to have somebody, you know, watching him over his head and don't give him all the power and things like that. But it, it will, it will be a difference. It can be a big difference, man. You know what I mean? Okay. I believe it. No, I think everybody in Dallas, all their fans would be happy again to see a disciplined, organized team without Prima Donna. Because they got the talent. We, as you can see, we talk nothing about talent. It's nothing to do with talent. They got the talent. 
You got the talent. All the talent is there to win the Super Bowl. The only thing I said, like I said, on the other side of CeeDee Lamb, I think he needs some speed. And they go draft some, some speed, you know, and don't have to depend on CeeDee Lamb to, you know, create on those key third down plays and man-to-man and somebody that could just take the top off the defense. That would make a big difference. That would make a big difference. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Who said that? I see you. I see you. D-Pat. D-Pat always in the building, man. Shout out to D-Pat. Right. Right. But uh, if y'all ain't hear the news, man, uh, Patrick Mahomes senior. So Patrick Mahomes' father, the quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs, we all know Patrick Mahomes. We know. But a lot of us got that can relate, man, had that father situation, the same type of father that I, I it looks like. And, you know, we presume it to be the way they they show us and showcase it that uh, Patrick Mahomes senior Continues to get in trouble with the law, and it seems like he has a a, a partying problem. I'm just gonna say a partying problem, and we all can relate. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Or, or a lot of us can relate. And um, you know, he was reportedly booked and um, you know, taken in, but for driving while intoxicated. The Kansas City Star reported. You know what I mean? Um, tell me about any crazy situation. I know you probably don't have much, but tell me, you, you ever had anyone in your family that was uh, let's say obnoxious, didn't really want to pay, want to abide by the law, uh, maybe felt entitled and always asked for things and thought that you're supposed to provide for them and and treat them a certain way. Tell me about, you know, these well, father and family situations. Well, if you want to talk directly in resemblance to this situation, yeah, the closest family type situation I've seen up close and personal is probably Jasper. Oh, and... Lord, you're going to take my whole story. <laughs> Go ahead. If y'all don't know who Jasper is, Jasper Samuel, that's my daddy, man. And woo, listen, I can I could do a whole series about this man. And listen, this is the funniest man you can ever imagine. But I can relate directly to, to, to Patrick Mahomes Jr. and Sr. and all right. my friends and everybody because I had to save him. But go ahead. Tell me a, some, tell him something you can you remember. Go ahead. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I say Jasper, which is Asante's dad, it reminds me when I saw the story and I saw the mugshot, it reminded me of your dad. He was there to have a good time. He's going right. to brag on his son. We went to plenty of Eagles games together. We sat together. He's walking around. He got a jersey on. He's that guy. Like he was there. Now, he never got arrested. All right. He never got arrested. Cool. He could hold his own a little bit. But he. By, by hey, all. he never got arrested, but I don't know if I told him the story, but he did something a little worse than getting arrested. But I'm going to tell you, go ahead, finish. Well, either way, that's how it worked out, is that I looked at it like, he's proud, he's proud. And a lot of people not even blaming Senior right now, Patrick Mahomes Senior, as like doing that bad of a thing. Right. But just, I'm looking at it from a funny, it's like I lived that because I was around Jasper the <laughs> entire time. And he was there, he was there, there's no... Oh, EP, you ain't doing what y'all going at tonight, man. It's like you, you trying to come. Yeah, I'll he come ain't with missing y'all. the party. He ain't missing the party <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? So That's but yeah, I mean. let me get into my dad, man. Like you say, my dad, uh, he has been arrested before, but he never really got arrested for DUI. And partly because I provided him with his first car. So he didn't have a car all the way until I was in the NFL. And that was probably like four or five years into the NFL. And then when he, you know, got into the NFL, got him a car, um, he came home in, with, with accidents multiple times. 
And you ask him the story, the story leads nowhere and never going to make any sense. One time he said he was driving and the, the truck ran him off the road and shot at the top of the, the car and he ran and hit the side of the median. And no police or nothing came and come home and the car just all messed up. Now, he could have messed up my life. Let me tell you, so many ways and so many different situations. And I, I just I didn't understand because I was trying to save him. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, Patrick Mahomes Sr., he was, his, I think his first arrest allegedly came in, like, 1994. So this is an ongoing thing. It's not like it's back to back to back to back. You know what I mean? It's a dangerous thing we're playing with, driving while intoxicated. You don't want to do that. You don't want to play with the law. You don't want to put anyone's life in jeopardy, first and foremost, you know what I mean? Or let alone your passengers, yourself, your family and family members. But, um, yeah, it's that's, that's the thing. I, how, As Bill Belichick would say, why don't we effing just get an Uber? Like, why? I just gave you half a billion dollars. You can't get your daddy an Uber. Right. Like, why oh, is he man. driving? You or, know what I mean? Or a personal driver. Just... You you had a personal driver when you was with the with um New England. With when New you used to go to the to the to the Celtics game, you had a driver drivers around and you was on a rookie salary. So you know why I mean? is this not a sign a driver wherever you go? Like at that age. Look, I, I, what they talking I don't want to drive chat? now. You see the chat? Oh yeah, we no, they were still talking about um Andy Reid's son accident. How do you think this plays out in the locker room? So basically with the DWI with Andy Reid's son now is Patrick Mahomes senior has the exactly DWI. And, that, 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 and that's why I'm reiterating that I know that this is going to be a big deal for Andy Reid especially cuz Andy Reid man he if y'all understand Andy Reid he's a very uh family orientated guy he uh he loves his player he he uh he helps his players out. He wants everybody to do good and stay out of trouble. He's not the most disciplinary guy, you know what I mean? But he understands it's going to be touchy. So that's that's why he's going to have his talk with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to relate to his son and his situation, and he's going to tell him, listen, man, we got to figure this out. You got to get your daddy some help and, you know, make sure he's not driving. And, and not mm. just because he's your dad and things like that, but it's, it brings a lot of attention. You're the half-a-billion-dollar quarterback. You're potentially – uh, the second best quarterback to ever play the game ain't gonna be the first. You know what I mean? Not but yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> so, uh, it's gonna be very touchy to him. And and uh, I I know Andy Reid is uh he, he's he feels he feels a way and it's it's uh like you say his, his son is in a crazy situation because of that. And you know uh uh to my condolence to the family from the son's situation and all that stuff. Got to always make sure we do that. But right. yeah, man. Um. I don't know, man. I mean, we we all have that 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 father in our life, and um, yeah, I have that no. father. He, he didn't stop. I me, I had to walk away from my father. If y'all don't understand, my father was a recovering addict. I saved him from, you know, the streets. I, I took him to rehab, brought him up there, um, with me in Boston, Massachusetts, and I saw it firsthand. He couldn't mm. stop. He wanted to party, party, party. He just is out of control. He doesn't want any discipline or any responsibilities. And the thing that he did, the craziest, it's y'all don't understand. My dad got the neighbor pregnant. Gosh. Hold on. I don't even know if I knew that one. <laughs> Bro, when I tell you, it was a young lady too. Oh. <laughs> with like two kids. I think she thought that my dad was going to be rich and have all this money. 
And because he was my dad, I'm on a rookie salary. I don't barely understand the NFL. I, ain't, but I'm, I got him working at AutoZone. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and one day he comes in the house and he tells me the neighbor is pregnant. I'm like, are you kidding me? Who's the father here? Am I the father or are you the father? What, what's going on here? You understand? And, and that's, I had to learn and I learned and I learned who he was. And then I had, I learned so much and that's, I had to separate, man. I had to let go. My, my mom tried to tell me, but hey, you know, you got to live and learn. I had to learn the hard way, man. Well, you know, we always going to try. We always going to try to help. You only could do so much because you got a family of your own, right? So yeah. we get it. We got to try and you get an A for effort. But, I think one of the different um, things with Patrick Mahomes Sr. is I see it a little different. And the only reason why, because he's lived that life already. Like, he told a story about how he met Patrick Mahomes' mother, like, in a liquor store. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you're going to have my kids. You know, some story, it went like that. So he's always been that guy. He right. has a level of discipline because he's played in the MLB and was a professional. He just mm -hmm. carrying it on over being himself. And I think Patrick Mahomes, brother, don't get me, don't, don't quote me as a wrong on this, but I think he has some riffraff or some troubles going on too on mm -hmm. being kind of erratic as well. So maybe the brother took after the daddy and Patrick took after his mom. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes Jr. has a little edginess to him in his competitiveness, though. Yeah, he put yeah. it on the field. He's exactly. competitive on the field. So you want that, but the dad... Is I'm pretty sure if we if we can get Patrick Mahomes on the show, maybe we can get him on it one day. He probably will say, "Son, I I I relate to you with your dad situation, and you know what? He's it's just my daddy. He is who he is. You know what I'm saying? He probably gonna like. I bought him a car. I got him a driver. And he still chose to drove on his own. It's probably some story like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just think it's a little different. Hopefully, I think it's not uncontrollable. His dad's been there. I think it's a switch. And his dad can just say, you know, he's professional. I, I don't think he's uncontrollable. I think he's just got a DWI, but I think he's professional. Yeah. <laughs> I get, like uh, they said in the chat, man. Yeah. We are real player, um, players, NFL players. We are real people, man. Athletes, celebrities, however you want to see it. We have real emotions. We have real hearts. We cry. We hurt. We're in pain. We go through real life stuff. I'm going through, man, I've been going through things for since I've been left the NFL. So it's true, man. And um, yeah, don't just think that it's all peaches and cream for us because you see us on TV or or whatever you, the assets and and um things we might have, materialistic things we have. So um, yeah, man. Um we we fighting, we fighting this struggle for life every day, man. Trying to get through life just as y'all are, man. So, you know, you know, the fight is on. Keep fighting, baby. Keep grinding, right. grind our way to the top. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, right, right. Uh. But going, uh, Patrick Mahomes, man, do you, you? Is it possible? Is it possible that our boy Brock Purdy cannot play Patrick Mahomes in his Super Bowl? Now let me tell you one thing about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he plays to that standard. Whatever is on the line, whatever needs to be done. This is what I seen from Patrick Mahomes. This is not his best year, and he still had over four four thousand yards. Everybody to kind of look at this year like it was kind of a a a, a a a bad year for him, but it wasn't really bad. It was just not Patrick Mahomes like you know what I mean. But right. what I like about Patrick Mahomes is when the pressure's on and the game's on the line and the situation football is on the line, he answers and he embraces that moment and he uh. He's that type of guy. And Brock Purdy, 
this is going to be the biggest challenge, man, that he has. And I want to I want to know if he can outplay Patrick Mahomes. I don't see it. I don't know if it's possible, but we'll see, man. I, I don't know. Right. I got Kansas City. I got Kansas right. City, man. All right. No, I, I got Kansas City, too. Um, and, and look at it from a player standpoint of view. Now, I want as an underdog, and I don't even sure if they under, I need to look at the lines. I right. think the 49ers are favorite, but either way, right. my underdog, 49ers, I want them to win because I'm tired. They, um, Kansas City been in the Super Bowl four out of five times. I'm kind of tired right. of seeing the red and white, you know. Right. But as a player, though, let's talk strictly player going mm-hmm. into this game. If you say, who are you excited about? Right. Mm-hmm. My teammate is Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited. Like, hey, bro, let's go. Hey, you know we're going to do this. If it's Brock Purdy, it's like I believe in him, but I don't know if I'm – I'm just saying apples to oranges, Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to give you a little example. Mm -hmm. On this basketball team, on this basketball team I'm coaching. Hold on, before you give me that example, remember that basketball team. I don't know if that that, uh, that analogy is uh, completely correct because if I'm on – if I'm on um, Brock Purdy's team on his side, I'm 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 putting that chip in his shoulder. I'm keep, I keep nagging him, telling, him, "Hey, it's time to answer." They keep talking about you, a game manager. It's time to show him you playing against a playmaker over there. You playing against the elite, who they say is elite. Let's go show them out. Let's go show out. But go ahead, you know what I mean. Finish. Nah, see, but that's the see that's the problem, right? You always talk about it from your perspective as a leader. Purdy's supposed to be the leader. <laughs> you cover the team. But it's only his second year. It's only his second year, right? It's only his second year. Don't you know matter. what I mean? We're in the Super Bowls today. I need you to be a leader, right? You don't have to go tell Patrick Mahomes that. And that's the only thing I was saying in the locker room. You're worried about everybody else. Hey, Pat gonna do his thing. D-line, I need y'all to go get these. Hey, defense, get the ball in Pat's hands so we can go ahead and win this game. That's how we talking. We ain't worried about it, Pat. You said at the beginning of this part, you said we know Patrick Holmes going to come in here, dog. He's going to do his thing. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's I ain't going to lie. I'm looking in Brock Purdy's eyes like every <laughs> all pregame. Boy, I'm checking him out. You ready? Let's go, boy. It's showtime. <laughs> I better not see no sign of uh, of any anything to show that he's scared, anxious, or anything. Boy, hey, let's go. I see that. It's I time to go, that. boy. Hey, it's not. I, I ain't no more. God damn it. <laughs> You see who over there? Let's go. <laughs> I can see you over there. Literally, if we in the locker room with Purdy, I can see you keep following the dude around. He's like, go, son, boy. man. Throw me that rock. Let me see it. Let me see how you th- whipping that thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, you ready, boy. You ready. Debo. Debo, you um, you're going to get about seven catches a day. Brandon, you're going to get about five today, boy. I feel it. Hey, you know what I mean? And I'm over well, here, son. Hey, that's Come what on. leaders do. I'm, I'm over here, son. The defense over here. Come on back to this side of the locker room, bro. Like, give me a second. I'm talking oh, shit, man. Y'all just tell me the coverage, man. Don't tell me anything else. This is this is all I wait for. They be like, three, four, three, four, uh, cover right blitz, cover three, break. That's all I want to hear, cover three or uh, cover one. I ain't listening to anything else. So while right, I'm talking to Birdie, Y'all over there going over defense. Just tell me the coverage. Now I'll be ready. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? Who used to do something like that is when I was in Cincinnati with Chad Johnson at the time before we came Ocho Cinco. <laughs> at halftime, he would literally walk around everybody locker. Hey, stop stressing. I got this. Don't worry. I'm gonna win the game. Hey, stop this. Hey, we good. Hey, we gonna win. Don't he went around <laughs> to everybody and do that, man. So I can see you kind of going over there to the offensive side, making sure they ready, bro. Eugene, like, Eugene Wilson, like when you know we was rookies, I was in my uh, 
first year, he was in his first year too. I, maybe in like our second year, but he he was a starter, and I wasn't started, so I was kind of scared to you know show my act my way and and bring out my whole swag. So he was he would take his little drink and stuff and walk around and lock me like he looking everybody eyes. You scared? Ain't time to be scared. Nah, you can't be scared. Nah, boy. Hey, you scared over there? Like you scared? You can't be scared. Nah. <laughs> I'm thinking oh, like. What if they are scared, Eugene? Like you're calling them out. Like, what if they are a little scared? You know, like so funny, shout out man. to Eugene Wilson, man. I don't know where you at, man. From Illinois, man. He had so many right. past breakups in college. You do used right. to have like 31 a season. He was Jeez. active, man. He was active. But back to my little quick analogy with the basketball players. I know you asked, just so if y'all just tuning in, he asked Brock Purdy or um Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. Going into the game as a former player, and I'm coaching basketball, right? We got a little a little point guard named Quinn. I'm so much more comfortable knowing that Quinn is in the game. I just feel like we can win this thing. Like, it's like, I don't even really have to coach him. I got to make sure everybody else around him is playing. So that's how I feel. As a player, knowing that Mahomes, I got to go with Mahomes, man. Like, I know he's going to come. He's going to ball out, man. He's going to do his thing. He's not going to be off. Yeah. Purdy, I don't know. I'm hoping Purdy does good. Like, I yeah. don't know. I'm hoping. I get it. 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 You got the confidence. You got that player. Like, I, I'm confident in this player. I know he's going to do his thing. Like I say, Brock Purdy is in his second year, so, but, hey, he might shock the world. If he shot the world, I might have to come up with a whole new song for Brock Purdy, boy. Yeah. Whole new song. Yeah. Brock Purdy, I'm waiting. Hey, I'm telling you, Brock Purdy, make me make you another song, brother. If you'd like to hear it, if you like the way it sounded, make me make you another song. This one gonna sound even better. That one went gold. We gonna make this one go platinum. You hear me? So make yes, me make sir. another song, Brock Purdy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Hey man, so congratulations are in order for Travis Hunter. Clap it up. Oh yeah, yeah, Travis. Travis Hunter. He recently got engaged to his reported longtime sweetheart, girlfriend from high school. Good thing you all, you see him spending none but time with his girlfriend. Seemed like that's love of his life. That's his ride or die. That's his backbone. All those good things. And he's building. If y'all understand young men and young women, he's building. He's building. He's building. And he recently got a gauge. And we bring it up because we want to know, you know, this is a young man still in college, still enjoying his life, in his prime of his life, still partying. He can go out. He can pretty much... Do anything he want in his life right now. But he decided to get engaged, make a commitment to his his longtime girlfriend in college at the height of his career. Is this a good thing or is, is this a bad thing? I think in our culture, it's an impressive thing, right? Because where we come from, um, we're not thinking marriage and all of that stuff. We get to school, we think we're gonna have fun. I gotta be the man, I'm gonna be stunned, I'm hanging out, bottles. It's like he's totally different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a good matter of fact, you're like the only person I've known that really had like not the only, but one of the few people I known to have like a girlfriend in college, right? And like everybody else working, and, and it's very few people. Trust me on this. Very few people, and I think I told you this before, like, I don't know how you do it. It's very few people that can do both. You got to be mature. You have had to seen a lot of stuff by then to manage, because it's a lot of emotions when you got a girlfriend and you're trying, and you're on your journey to go to the NFL. It's extremely hard. Either you, A, got to be 
just godly gifted talent to where it don't matter what you do. You had those people who can drink all night and come play or have a girlfriend, have five, and they just ballers. But 98% of the players, they can't do both because they get distracted too easy. For mm -hmm. Travis Hunter, I think it's right down the alley and it allows him to just focus on football. Yeah, he's focusing in on his workouts. He's not in the streets. He's not trying to do this. He he's he knows what he wants. He's a young he's man that knows what he wants. You can see it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I, and humble. I like to. I like what, what what's impressive about him. You could see the maturity in him when he um when he took that late hit from the guy from Colorado State. Everybody was you know ready to do the the culture thing and attack and and, and be little people and where he at and go find him like you know let's mound up let's go get him. And he, he met up with the guy, told him he understood. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't on that. He's a different mentality. He has a different mentality. So that that's a kudos to him. That shows the type of uh, person he is and the maturity he has. Man, that guy is blessed, and he's going to have a, a tremendous career. And that's what I mean. Like, So uh, it's crazy. You see that he uh, EP says, what EP said, that I'm, I'm one of the few that he knew that had a girlfriend had a, in college. Like, living girlfriend, like, oh, like, you don't have a roommate in college. I mean, even though we were roommates, you had a living girl. girl. You managed the whole life, kid. In college. You managed all of that in college. So that, and not that's what I, I just so happen to have stories for every darn situation. I don't know why. That's why I'm telling you it looks good. And the way Travis Hunter is handling it, he looks like he can handle it and he's mature enough to do it. Me, I moved my, my, uh, my son's mother up. And I think it was my sophomore year in, in college. Me, like I say, I'm, I'm raised by my mother and my sister. I want a family. I want to understand what a family. I want to break this, you know, cycle and have a family and, and raise the raise my kids the way they're supposed to be raised, supposed to be raised. So I move her up there, and let's just say maybe I didn't have the maturity it took, or maybe she didn't. I don't want to take all the fault because I think <laughs> I, I I'm pretty good. But I, you know, I don't like to put blame on people, you know what I mean? But both of us, we didn't have the maturity it took. And let me tell you some of the things we went through. And I'm going to tell you some football-related things real quick. That's why he, me and EP is on it because he seen my life. My life is crazy. He's seen everything in, unfold, you know what I mean? And, right. and um, one of the situations, and this is where I realized that it was over. I, it was time for me to, to be removed from this relationship and uh, move on. Um, get a you get your combine letter in the NFL. You want to go to the combine. EP didn't even get a combine letter. I got a combine letter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He thought he was the first round pick in the, in, in the team. I got a combine letter. Devastated. And I was excited, you know, because I was waiting on this letter. This pretty much tells you you're in the runnings to make it to be a draft right. pick. So I got this letter. But now I got to send it back to my agent to let him know that I'm coming and all the questionnaire questions on there and all those good stuff. So now, boom, me and my, my girlfriend at the time, my child's mother, we having an argument, whatever, whatever. She's from Lauderdale. If y'all don't understand how we get down in Lauderdale, well, here's some examples. So I got my letter. This is to change our life, for me to make it to the NFL. And boom, she sees the letter. She understands completely what it's about. And we're arguing. She takes the paper and write B-I-T-C-H on it. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> She writes a curse word, a female dog, 
on my combine paper. You don't get copies. It ain't like you can make copies or you have, you could print it out and do another one. This is in the mail. This is all I got. And I have to send it back like this. And it had a little rip on the side because I was trying to grab it from it and stop it from writing on it. And it has a rip on the side. So I have to send my combine letter off to the NFL that says female dog on a B-I-T-C-H. You know what I mean? And wow. And then after the tussle, guess what? She calls the authorities. Uh, the popo. And I'm so used to the popos being called on me. I know it's crazy. I know you're like, what? Man, I didn't popo. I'm so used to dealing with the police, man. They everybody just called the police. I don't know why people just so now the popo come. I run in the closet, go hide in the closet. So I know she wanna ruin my life. Uh, you know what I mean? So she called the police. Then I called my mama. My mama know how to disengage a lot of things. She know how to handle it. You know what I mean? So, mom, blah, blah, blah. She done, can't call her, man. She doing this. She doing that. Help me out. Mama make that call. I get that knock on the door. Say the police, Orange County police in, in Orlando, Florida. Or was it Oviedo police? I don't know. One of them. One of the two. Probably Oviedo. They could come to the house. And, um... Whatever they say, they leave. My mama convinced her to not say anything, and they leave. Then after that, guess what I do? I make sure the coast is clear. I make sure they gone. I run out that house, and I never look back. Run to the car and drive straight to EP house. <laughs> and that was in for that, man. Now I had to move her out. And let me tell you about my crackhead daddy. So I said, yeah, I'm going to call him damn crackhead. My damn crackhead daddy. So my daddy, I called my daddy up here to help. Because that's what he do, That's what he did to, to make a living. He sat on the, the corner of U-Haul, Browden and 27, and waited for you to come get your truck. And he would help you move furniture, move around, whatever you got to move. So my daddy was pretty experienced at that. So I had him come on up, and he called his friends, which I should have known better, but I'm used to it. They come move the furniture. Long story short, short, after moving all the furniture and all those things back home, my child's mother, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it at the time, necklace and bracelet is missing. I'll be damned. And never found again. I, I, you, we know where it's at. We know what, what happened. We know what happened. We didn't got to explain that. But that's that story of, and there's thousands more stories. There's thousands and thousands of more. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes Jr. got plenty of stories, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's crazy. Right. If y'all don't understand, we are very normal. We come from, a lot of us athletes come from, from nothing, you know what I mean? So, and, and like for me, my born in the 80s, the crack the, the epidemic, you know what I mean? That was, whoo, that was, that was real. That, right. that affected us a lot down here, you know? Right. So right. that's my story, man. What do you remember about that? You remember anything? I know you remember not yeah. getting that combine up. Yeah. First of all, that still hurts to this day, not getting invited. How do you have, break the record and have over 30 sacks in college? Almost 40 sacks and don't get invited. I, I think it was your wingspan. Show them your wingspan. No, if my shoulder wingspan. was good then. They was good then, but I, I still don't think you, I still don't think your wingspan that long. <laughs> I still think we got about the same same uh, wingspan. So 
<laughs> it hurts. You joking, but it hurts right now. Lord, I didn't get invited to the comeback. I want, hey, for all y'all to know, defense, tell me what sense this made. I'm pulling a Jay-Z moment from the Grammys last night. How do you not get invited to the comeback and you won defensive MVP for the team? I was the defensive most valuable player on the team. Everybody voted. That's I know it's personal at UCF, but I was the defensive Valuable, most valuable player, and didn't get invited to come by because he had his crazy coach. His crazy coach gonna make sure that EP got the biggest award on the team. <laughs> and in the NFL, they like to draft off potential or what they your athleticism <laughs> and what they think you could do. That's why I talk about his wingspan because maybe they thought he wasn't tall enough because he ran fast, he was quick, he had a bunch of sacks. But what was the problem? Did we ever get down to the dynamics of what it oh, was? No. Listen, because listen, first of all, it's only 1.2. The average years in the NFL is 1.2 years, right? Non-drafted players. I lasted good four or five years, so I had what it took. What happened was the Bledsoe report, when they came out, remember, it didn't have my name on it. No reason. Like, it just wasn't listed. Like, however they draft off a report, that's I wasn't even on there to get an invite. Like, I found that out. I, I think the guy, the scout who was the national scout who was in charge of coming in to get used to his wife called right when he was about to evaluate me something they had everybody else on the list i wasn't even on the list for to get evaluated so and, uh, another story another story like he said his name wasn't on the list but mine was what a coincidence it wasn't just on there because of of, of, of my good play and my athleticism yeah. guess what y'all while everybody was in school when the scout came in I would have somebody from the facilities call me. I would make sure I would meet the scout at the facilities. And I would ask them, what are the negatives about me? And what do you think that was stopping me from making it or getting drafted? And they would come up. I knew what it was because we had ran this 40 and everybody thought I was slow. So every time they came in, I would ask them the questions. I would make him, making them uh, have recon re recognition with my name and things like that. So when they said I was slow, I would bring up at the tape was in press coverage against Andre Davis. He was a 60-meter champ, an indoor 60-meter champ in the ACC. Stride for stride. He was a 4-3 guy. And I broke it up. So I was kind of breaking, or not breaking, but doing uh, the necessary things, I, I guess I thought, to, uh, to, to get drafted and get my name on the list. And probably, yeah, breaking the rules, because I was supposed to be in class. I'm supposed to be in school, but hey, man, scouts, NFL. Hey, I go to class another day, man. I figure that out another time, you know what I mean? And I had done changed my major so many times, so I'm building credit and all that good stuff, man. Hey, I had a good machine rolling over there. In the but Bro, EP, man, I, he missed some I of them did. days coming to the facilities because, you know, he had to get his work done. Right, I graduated three and a half years. I was going to class, so I missed a few of those days. But let me tell you so people can clearly understand what I'm saying. It's a difference between being on a freaking list and having a low grade, high grade. I had zero grade. It was like I didn't even ever play football. Right. So I think that's what it is. And I defied the odds. And this is one of my stories. Everybody got a story? I yep. defied the odds because if you do not go to the combine, it's a less than 3%, maybe less than 1% chance of getting drafted. They draft the guys who they start to the combine. I got drafted over guys that went to the combine because I was tagging it. It might have been second to the last pick, but I made it. And that's yeah, my story. Like, you got you got to go. That's the and he, best story and he lasted four years. And guess what, y'all? If he played for the 49ers right now and he had 15 sacks, 
They'd be like, he ain't no all pro. He ain't no pro bowler. He's surrounded by the, the players around him because he was almost <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. That's how that junk go, man. They would be <laughs> overlooking him. And then you have somebody like me or us up here that need to say what needs to be said and uplift the underdog because we tired of that bull crap. We don't care about your business plan, your business model, and what post to go on and, and this and that and the other. You know what I mean? But Right. Yeah, man. Hey, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. The struggles that we had to go through to make it to the NFL, man. Y'all don't even understand. I know y'all see the all the top dogs and the the top picks and stuff like that. But I was almost not drafted. My homeboy who motivated us and inspired us to make us know we could get to the NFL. He didn't get go to the combine either, and he went second round. So, like I, I I said it before. Stories out of UCF. Stories out of UCF. So that's when I kind of was motivated and inspired. I knew I could make it to the NFL. Uh, yeah, man. I ran a 4-4. Made it, baby. EP, he had to – well, you, you, you did – if y'all don't know about the pro day, you got the combine, then you got the pro day. These are two times you are able to test. We call this rich rich slavery. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, right. But, um, <laughs> Almost. You, you get the uh, – you get to – you test for the combine, and you could test right. at the pro day. At pro your day. at your pro day, most of the teams that are really interested in coming to take a second look at you and um, do some special drills and stuff like that. So EP he he worked out at Florida State, and then right. he worked out at UCF. So right. I think he got most of his attention at Florida State because that's where. Yeah. That's how it works. So what happened was I'm like UCF still a small school at the time, so we might not have 30 scouts there. We might have 10, right? right. Maybe 15 on a good day. So mm-hmm. I knew that the scouts who already overlooked me, I didn't have a lot of favor going mm-hmm. into it because I'm I didn't get invited to come by. And so I'm just gonna go work out in front of people who didn't invite me to the come by. Mm-hmm. Although Jacksonville Jaguars, they sent the coach to come work me out, but they was we're gonna work you out a linebacker. All right, cool. Right. right. Killed it though. Killed all the linebacker drills. I had the best feet like ever. Killed it. But the key part was this was my claim to fame. This is how I got drafted. If anybody wanna know how I got drafted. I was so determined. I used to work out and do DB drills with Asante, Fish, all these dudes. I was so determined to make it, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew if I can do their drills, I could be great as a D lineman. I go to Florida State Pro Day. I'll never forget, they had a guy named Alonzo Jackson. He was second round projected pick, DN, right? Never thought he was all that great, but I was like, I'm about to go show him up. Dog, I go there, backpedal. Dang. Hey, y'all need to do it like what I was the other guy at their pro day. Do right. it like this other guy that's doing it. Go back. Bad drills, son. You know that back pedal, did bam. They was kind of they was thinking about maybe you possibly playing linebacker too, right? Right, right. And so this is what happened. I'm glad you asked. So this is what happened. The person who's running the D-line drills, son, is the um not university, is the Cincinnati Bengals D-line coach, Jay Hayes. Mm-hmm. He's running the drill, but he don't say nothing to me. So after we get through, the head coach of Jacksonville um, Jaguars, Jack Del Rio, he don't look at me. This, I'm you talking to me? You looking at me, son? I'm Jack Del Rio. <laughs> hey, Elton, I love the way you play, man. You're gonna play beside Hugh Douglas with me. I'm gonna bring you into Jacksonville. All right, keep doing good. He talked to me and walk away. He, he don't want people to know. Yeah, he don't want people to know. He don't want people to know. And, and, and guess what? That's what we learn now. We learn now. If they talk to you right in your face, 
in front of everybody, you the top dog. You you about to be the number one, number two pick. You know what I mean? But if they right. trying to talk to you on the slide and all that, they don't want people to know that you're getting interest in it and people thinking <laughs> about you. So they want to be able to get you in the seven round free agency and six round and all that right. stuff. Right. Hey, right. hey, hindsight, right? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you you right. thinking at that moment like, Boy, I'm about to be a first round pick, second round pick. You know what I mean? Here we go. My dog did it last year. I'm coming up now, right? Nope. I go seventh round, Jacksonville. They didn't take me, right? Cincinnati, call. I guess that workout from the D line coach. Hey, we like it. We're going to draft you with this pick. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Lord. Like a 10 pound ton off my chest. I just want to be drafted. And bam, that's why my career started. So, guess who worked me out? Y'all, if AP don't remember, you remember who worked me out? Who from who drafted me? Mm -mm. From the team that drafted me was Josh McDaniels. The renowned, the, interesting. Here the we go. genius, okay. the genius offensive coordinator. He was on the defensive side of the ball, so he came and worked me out. Man, he working me hard. You know, it's it's one on one, so I'm doing the drills by myself. I'm getting tired and stuff like that. But that ain't the, the funniest part about it, you know? He hyped me up. I'm thinking I'm finna beat him. You know, it's first pick, second round pick. But, you know, it's a numbers game. They're going to get you where you, you're rated at and stuff like that, if they can, because they don't want to waste the pick on you when they can get somebody early if you're not rated so high. That's how the game goes. So what's the funny part, and EP going to probably remember this, as he's working me out, we have a, a film guy. His name was Dana at the time. And, you know, when they come work you out, they got to stay over. Our film guy was asking Josh McDaniels or, or telling Josh McDaniels it's okay. He could stay at his house. He don't have to stay at the hotel. And everybody was in shock. And it was like, this was the weirdest situation <laughs> he ever was in. And he was persistent. He kept asking, hey, man, you know, you can stay at my house if you want, man. It's all good. It's like, this man don't know you from anywhere. Like, this is crazy. And then Josh McDaniels looking at me like, I know what to say. I'm I'm 18. Well, I'm 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 20, 21, 22. I'm like, I don't know. Shoot, go stay. You want to save some money? <laughs> oh Lord, oh man, I remember that weird, weird Dana, weird weird Dana. All all our UCF guys can relate to weird Dana. The film oh guy. weird Dana, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, them were the days, man. So yeah, man. That's a little insight from us, man. And we got the Super Bowl coming up. We're going to uh, probably kick off this Super Bowl, this Super Bowl show on, um, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. We probably don't want to do it too late for the weekend. So we might have to see. We'll see. But yeah, man. Anything else we need to talk about, brother? Oh, no. I did, I did want to hit on this, though. I don't know if you saw it. And it was just me thinking to myself. I said I was going to bring it up. So last night watching the Grammys, I don't, I'm not sure if you're a Grammys watcher guy, but yeah. last night watching the Grammys, I saw Taylor Swift go on, on, on stage. And all of a sudden, we've been talking about her with Travis Kelsey in the Kansas City and the Swifties and the impact she has had on the NFL. All of a sudden last night, she said, I've been holding the secret back for two years. I'm dropping my album, April 19th. Everybody goes crazy. And I'm like, Come on now. You don't think it has anything to do. Let me ride this wave of the Super Bowl coming up this week where the whole world's going to be in tune and, re and announce my album released on Super Bowl week. Come on, it's, man. Life is about timing, man. Life is about timing. It's just crazy how it's all set up and it's like the powers to be 
set everything up, know you're going to win this award. You're going to be able to go up there and set your album and promote your album right there. And you, I mean, it's, 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 it's how you capitalize. Capitalizing no, on, you know, the Super Bowl, they, they, they're promoting him, promoting her to the fullest. So she's, she's capitalized off that marketing. And why not? If the if the, the business and want to drop my album, this is the perfect time. Go drop your album. You could go promote it at the Grammy and the Super Bowl. No, yeah. I got one bigger for you. I saw on the Today Show this morning. She's already slated to have a concert in China on Saturday. The Chinese consulate has made a statement and said, we are sure that we will get Taylor Swift to Vegas in time for kickoff, even though it's a 13-hour flight mm. difference. <laughs> they had to make a statement. To get, made this statement. Is a, made it, dude. Made it known. Like, even if we met, they made a statement, so it's like, we're going to be held accountable. If we don't, we have to figure <laughs> out and pay and whatever and fix it, all the situations that we are uh, uh, messed what up. Kind of jet, you know what, I mean? what kind of jet you think she's going to be on getting from China, China to... But like a G8, G6, I don't know, one of them fast. <laughs> yeah, they got G4. Them, they, got the, they got jets that go, uh, they talking about they uh, jets that go from UK to Florida. I think they was talking about in like two hours, some craziness. So I'm sure China, if anybody out of China got it first, you know what I mean? Right, right. And right. speaking of the Grammys, though, it's crazy too. If y'all didn't see Killer Mike, Killer Mike was arrested or detained. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's detained for allegedly something that no one really knows about it. It was talking about a scuffle with a security guard. And like you say, it's, it's ironic. It's funny how all these situations are occurring at the Grammys at the biggest stage, you know, for, for music, for the music industry. Right. And it's like, are these things set up this way? You could arrest, right. detain him before the Grammys or, or, or after the Grammys, but you want to come here and do it there. But I guess these artists and things like that and, and the management know that this will bring a lot of attention, not a lot of notoriety to your to your brand. So let's do this and let's hit the airwaves and get your name in the algorithm. But other than that, it didn't oh, really so, Hold on, because mm -hmm. we're not going to say the C word, but you're telling me get arrested after the Grammys or the night you win and show yourself walking out with handcuffs on with a tuxedo on. That's pretty, because guess what? Either way, it's going to get a click. <laughs> right. And Killer Mike, he's a philanthropist, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, he's want to show, you know, and get his name running. So I don't know, man. It's just weird. It, I, I, I don't know, man. It just seems weird. It seems set up. It seems uh, prepared. No, don't don't overthink it, brother. It's all. Hey, listen, I'm on the business. I, I, just, I decided not to be a coach in the NFL or college because I, I enjoy the business. Don't fight the business. I'm all for Taylor getting her money. I'm all for Killer Mike. I'm all anything that goes on. I'm cool. I just know it's about the money. That's just know it's always about the money. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but all right, man. Yeah, chats, last man. episode, had, man. A lot of people. We, had, was, we had a few um comments in the chat, man. If you wanted to get caught up real quick. Yeah, uh, go I'm ahead. What, what back, are you talking man. about? Well, first of all, we missed it a little bit, but we will say condolences to um, D-Pat. He said his dad, when he was nine years old, was killed by a drunk driver when we were saying that. And it yeah, coincides man. with what you said. Hey, guys, just get an Uber. Right. You said yeah. just it's not worth it. That, so, that's yeah. touchy to a lot of people. A lot of people have uh, um, another one. My child's, uh, my, my daughter's mother, her father was victim to a drunk driver. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's, a little, it's, it's very touchy to to a lot of people, and a lot of people don't understand the irresponsibleness and DUIs and drinking while intoxicated and all those stuff and driving while intoxicated and, and things like that. So, 
Yeah, man. Go ahead. Get caught up in the chat. And then, um, yes, Daniel Tosh went to UCF. I know you don't know who that is. And then um, lastly, he said, D-Pat, we should do a show to share our draft day experiences, which I think we can do that because we both got Yeah, coming up. Every, yeah, we probably do a whole reenactment for y'all. But that was stressful. Right. <laughs> draft day, if y'all don't understand, man, draft day is very stressful, boy. Like, man, mm -hmm. that'd be stressful. Mm -hmm. It is. But, yeah, man. So uh, we good, brother. We good. We good. We good. I think I think I was saying something on the way out. I was about to say something. Then we said we could chat. But hmm. uh, yeah, man. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, next say next show, we're gonna do a Super Bowl show. Go over Super mm -hmm. Bowl, uh, Super Bowl breakdown. Right. Because our winners, I, you know, I'm I've been to the Super Bowl, so I'm gonna have a Super Bowl story for you. I don't know. I, did you go to Arizona with us when we went to the Super Bowl? Yep, and I got one. Hey, you know we got one too. We got a nice one for you too. When you put me on the phone with a celebrity, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gonna tell that story. We're <laughs> that is crazy. We got so many stories for y'all. But man, till next time. Um, appreciate y'all. Anything y'all want us to talk about? Make sure y'all send it, man. Um, send it in the chat. Say it, whatever. However you needed to get it to us, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll go with it. But yeah. All right, next time, salute y'all. Say what needs Please. to be said. EP the truth. Mr. Yes, Pick sir. Six. Be big dog. We out. We out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.